Dateline, 7th of April. I'm back, gang. You are back, and welcome, folks. And we're both back, in fact, for the Australia Desk for this week for episode 294. Grant, uh, where have you been? You've been doing audits and all sorts of stuff. Has the tax department caught up with you? Oh, uh, no, not you. Well, uh, they're catching up with me on a sidetrack. But, no, the main one's been um, a regulator audit of the day job. So as sort of maintenance operations regulatory compliance manager i was pretty busy lots of good fun uh educational some new stuff to do a lot of work but it was all coinciding unfortunately with a resurgence of my um bulging discs in my neck so yeah there was a lot of pain going on in so many different ways <laughs> i think it must be affecting your uh, your brain grant because i've never heard anyone in history say that they actually thought it was a good experience dealing with cancer i uh, look i thought it was rather educational and uh there was a couple areas that uh We've got some corrections to do, but you know nothing too too nasty. But uh, so yeah, it was all good. It was reinforced some of the things I'd been saying. Um, the boss now says that about half the things I hassle him about are correct, but the other half aren't. And he used to say everything was incorrect. So <laughs> you know. It's Progress. Well, that is absolutely progress, Grant. Well, uh, in aviation news and speaking of progress, 787s, there's, uh, you know, we're starting to see more of them coming down here. In fact, a few new operators uh, are coming in. Uh, of course, Air India have been operating them for a while, and we've got Jetstar as well. Now, Royal Brunei Air- Airlines has uh, started flying 787 flights in and out of Melbourne. Uh, that's right, mate. Uh, they've... Uh been flying to Melbourne for quite a while, coming down from London via Brunei and Dubai and places like that. And now they're going to be using their uh, 787s on the route. So looking pretty swish, I must say, and uh, definitely not quite as uh, sardined as the Jetstar ones. Yeah, well, uh, that wouldn't take much, of course. And I noticed the, the branding that they're using here, Grant, is called their Betterfly 787. Now, that might be a matter of opinion, Grant, because I've heard that they don't actually serve alcohol on the Royal Brunei flights. I believe you can bring it on with you, but, um, you know... <laughs> How would you survive a flight to London with no alcohol, Grant? Oh, mate, without my tranquilizer trolley, I think I'd be in trouble. That'd be like having a birthday with no pizza, but we won't go there. Oh. Anyway, Grant, uh, speaking of uh, 787s, uh, Air New Zealand, of course, the launch customer for the 787-9, and uh, uh, the first one has come out of the paint shop over there in Seattle, and Grant, it's all black. It looks absolutely stunning. Oh, it's pretty hot, mate, and of course, it's all black, as the uh, rugby team from New Zealand, you know, the guys who keep dominating and trouncing everyone oh like australia um yeah it's an incredible looking aircraft the fuselage is black with the uh coru and white on the tail and the fern up the body looking very very sexy i've got to say and i do have to comment though it's um the heat side of things it's all black they've had a triple seven painted in that color a number of other aircraft as well, narrow bodies and, and turboprops. But I was kind of surprised that they were going to do a composite in all black. That will absorb a lot of heat, I suppose. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll have to have faith that the engineers uh, know what they're doing because, uh, you know, being a train driver, I wouldn't have any clue about that, Grant. But I can tell you that my wife's car is black and in the summertime it gets very, very hot. Yeah, well, there is that. And I'd, I'd always heard that uh, they were going to have to do them white. You could have it any colour as long as it was base white with your colours over the top. But... Clearly not, because this beautiful aircraft, it's black and it's looking fantastic. Okay, well, uh, speaking of uh, progress, Grant, uh, another airline is upgrading their fleet to 777s. That's United <laughs> Airlines. <laughs> they're not flying 747s here anymore, which is good, because their 747s were shocking. They were uh, antiques. <laughs> yeah, well, they were great back in the 80s, but uh, not so much now. But that's not a problem if you're flying uh, out of Melbourne or Sydney now, because uh, now you can fly on United Airlines 777s, and uh, Grant, um, they're upgrading those again pretty soon to 787s as well. So, uh Unfortunately, it's going to be a little late for my upcoming trip to the US later in the year, but uh, maybe for the one following, I, I may consider flying United, maybe. 
Yeah, well, you know, if you can't push it back to the end of October when the uh, six-day-a-week 787 flights from Melbourne to Los Angeles are supposed to kick in with their Dash 9s, well, you know, you can always at least just go with someone else and save that up for the next trip. Anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, something else, Grant. You know, um, the guys over there at the Airplane Geeks, uh, they, they kind of like to keep that drone podcast of theirs um you know, separated, but uh, we have no such restrictions here on the Australia disc. Oh, heck no. I mean, you know, the UAV Digest, it's a fantastic show. I love listening to it, but down here we can mix it onto the Airplane Geeks. Let's get droning. In fact, I'm even going to use that word because we re- <laughs> actually, you know, Grant, we record, people may not know, we actually record this segment before they record the show, so that there's nothing that David can do about it. <laughs> Except bleep it out. <laughs> Except bleep it out. Anyway, oh. this article here in AustralianAviation.com.au says Northrop Grumman sponsors the 2014 UAV Outback Challenge. That's right, mate. Uh, out near Kingaroy in Queensland, home of Joe Bjorka Peterson, former uh, Premier of Queensland, and uh, yeah, sort of up there with uh, Diamond Joe Daly from um, <laughs> from Chicago and all that for how they uh, ran the politics there, based on the brown bag method. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they uh, requiring students to design, build, and fly a UAV capable of conducting search and rescue operations or delivering life saving supplies, i.e. a six-pack of beer, uh, to a fictitious lost or injured individual known as Outback Joe. That's Outback Joe, not Kangaroo Jack. Ian Irving is the CEO of Northrop Grumman Australia and he said in a statement that Australia is a country of innovators and we see UAV applications in areas of environmental monitoring, humanitarian relief, search and rescue and, and disaster relief operation, not just defence, as uh, being uh, an important thing for them. So, uh, yeah, that's good, Grant. And, of course, it is. A, uh, we are a country of innovators. I mean, we innovated with our own podcast, really, didn't we? Oh, by, you know, by, by copying everybody else. Yeah, well, you know, if shoe fits, wear it. But, um, you know, imitation, best form of flat. Right, but uh, mate. Speaking of defence, uh, I know there's a few folks wishing they had better defences against some of the drone uh, UAVs that are operating around Australia. There's been a bit of an inquiry into an incident where a Westpac rescue helicopter almost collided with a drone a few weeks ago up near Newcastle, north of Sydney. Yes, Grant, this is an article we see here in the Australian.com.au and it says uh, actually the nation's key body representing licensed drone operators has called for the regulator to crack down on illegal operators after this near miss. The Australian Certified UAV Operators Association has called for further funding for the safety regulator to police the sector after this near miss. Grant, I didn't even know they had an industry group. Well, it certainly sounds like they're uh, doing pretty well. I know CAS has been doing a lot of work on the regulation of unmanned vehicles uh, within our skies. But uh, something a little bit closer to the ground was that a uh, UAV shooting film of a triathlon fell out of the sky and... uh, Hit a runner. Now, Grant, did it really fall out of the sky or did they, you know, was it just uh, this guy was in the lead perhaps and, you know, he'd been paid <laughs> to be taken out by someone who was well, running a bit further back in the pack? Well, it was actually a, um, a lady. She suffered a gash to the top of her head, treated by paramedics at the scene, then taken to hospital for three stitches in her skull. Ow! Yep. But um, the uh, drone fell from the sky and there is some thought that maybe it didn't so much impact her as so much shock her and she fell. Um, but the uh, the drone was filming it and is suspected of being hacked before it fell from the sky. But, uh, mate, I don't know if so much hacked, more so much uh, you could just get some uh, interference on the channel from someone else. It depends on uh, on how good a control system they're using, I guess. But uh, they're going into a full investigation, and, uh, yeah, 
it sort of put a block to the live footage. Yeah, well, it actually would be quite interesting footage in a way to see that. But, uh, you know, Grant, I've got to say, um, you know, taking out a runner is one thing. I mean, that's not very much. Now, if it was, you know, if it was flying over Melbourne and took out a cyclist on the freeway or something, yeah, I could go for that. Oh, mate, you really know how to push the boundaries on that. That's a bit of a topical subject down here. Cars versus cycles, film at 11. Film at 11, exactly right. Well, that's everything we have for you on this week's Australia Desk. We'll be back next week. Until then, I am Steve Vischer. And I'm the mostly here. Grant McCarran off to look for another electroshock therapy for my shoulder. Oh, good luck with that, buddy. Yelch. Oh, mate, zap. <laughs>